But as far as me getting in the cage tomorrow, it's not going to happen. I've got a guy on the line right now that probably wants to fight you. He oh, might do why? it. Well, well, why? Why not? What did I say? I mean, he might do it. He might bring it, bring out the fists. Okay. Uh, we'll see. Come on, let's if you're welcome coming, in. You know, when we started the show, we wanted to bring in the brigade. So we've done that over the uh, a little bit here and there over the first year of the show. Well, let's bring in the brigade right now, Bold City Brigade, the man that is behind it all, really, with uh, a lot of help. But uh, Bold City Cap, John Cap, what do your kids call you, by the way, man? Uh, they just call me Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's good. Uh, can't what's get up, you. What's up, fellas? Can I get you in a cage with Austin? I mean, how much would it take? Uh, like, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering how the, this is this is already starting out that way. Uh, <laughs> first, I was dancing to the music, and I was wondering, like, is Brent here with me right now? Because I was really kind of head bobbing to the to the jam there with with the tequila. And next thing I know, I have to start to stop head bobbing because I got to get ready for a fight in the octagon. I guess I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It helps. You're not wrong. Well, hey, you kind of took off the boxing gloves a little bit this week. And, uh, you know, Cap and, and so many of the Bold City Brigade diehard Jags fans. And so we're always wanting to give that point of view. So when this discussion came up, and I know you have a new podcast out. By the way, I've got enough people that I like that I'm trying to beat day to day. I don't need more competition, Cap. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, I don't have a radio show like, like you gentlemen. So uh, it's a good way for for us to get our kind of thoughts out there on the you know into the uh, into the air airways if you will and ultimately it's just a, it's a good time I get together with a couple of buddies and we started Bold Sea Brigade's been around for eight years now and we've never had a podcast so I guess it's uh, better late than never. Yeah, it's cool. It's at Bold City Pod or Bold City Pod, right, uh, is uh, where you can find it. Subscribe to it. I have, and I listened to you guys a little bit. Now, the one thing here, either Scott's got to get the drop button ready or you're going to have to be a little careful with your language. Uh, I think I can manage. I mean, I, I've done this before with you gentlemen, and, and, I, and I didn't slip up. So uh, it's more of a voluntary than an involuntary thing. So we're good. Uh, all right. Uh, here's the deal. This all centers around the Jags fans got a little, um, well, they, they got a little ticked off at yeah. Shad Khan's comments over the weekend on Jaguars.com. Uh, and the word viability comes to mind. That's where you have kind of pushed out there, right? And we looked up the definition. Definition of viability, ability to work successfully. Simple as that. But what does that word mean to you, uh, Cap? in terms of what the Jags have done in London, trying to do in London, trying to do here in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny that it's kind of taken on a, you know, a life of its own as far as that word. Uh, and we use it a little bit now in jest, whereas I think at first it was, uh, it, it was kind of a, a word that they were using to really speak strongly about the sustainability of this franchise and this market. Right. And, and, Ultimately, it's become this thing now that just kind of hangs over our head. And it feels like perpetually we've had that going on over the last decade, right? I mean, in some way, shape, or form, whether it was L.A. or London or ownership change, that you could use a million different words, but something has been hanging over our heads as far as the fan base here locally. And it is frustrating. It's frustrating, and you know, it feels like every year we get it twice a year we get it with the state of the franchise and, and you know there's a lot of narrative that comes out of that as far as the su- 
sustainability and viability here locally, and then we get it during London Week. Inevitably, Shad uses some sort of language in some interview that he does that, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways it's probably him applying some leverage and some pressure, uh, but it, it ultimately it comes back, and the people who really care about it are the diehard fans, and it's just never awesome to hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, and that's got uh, everybody a little bit fired up uh, this week. How much of this do you think is aimed at the fans, the diehard fans, or how much of this is more power play, business, uh, all of that kind of stuff? I mean, dollars and cents that anybody who runs a business, uh, also with, with so much on the line in the city, it feels like, in terms of development with Shad Khan's involvement with this current uh regime in terms of the mayor and the city council and everything else and it feels like the time is now so how much do you think is kind of pointed at that part of it versus maybe the fans whether the fans take it personal or not right and and that's kind of what i alluded to i said you know as far as him applying a little bit of leverage i think that has a lot to do with it uh unfortunately that kind of back channel stuff isn't what everybody talks about on the radio like you guys or other shows or even national shows on tv or radio and so it just it it tends to snowball and the narrative uh is perpetuated by the constant application of that leverage if you will right i mean by sean coming out and saying words that may well be more so pointed at the uh you know the, the local business base or politicians it still affects the fans, right? I mean, because we're the ones who ultimately have to hear about how our, our team may lose another game to London. And this is the first time really in a while that he's come out and he seemed frustrated about the viability of the market, right? I mean, to even say that he's not sure if there's the appetite for eight games, um, you know, that's what really I think got a lot of us frustrated because we feel like we're, okay, you want to have a conversation about appetite. You want to have a conversation about viability. We need to have the full conversation, right? And, and, and the full conversation right now is not being had. And where does that take you? Uh, John's with us uh, at Bold City Cap. Uh, you know, really, can I call you, like, founder of the Bold City Brigade? Is that yeah, one of the founders? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. And I, I know founders. there's a lot of people involved, so I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. But uh, at, follow him at Bold City Cap on, uh, on Twitter. So, yeah, what that last thing you just said, you know, what is the full conversation? Well, it, and it's, I'm, I'm glad you asked it kind of, and you phrased it in that, in that way, because let me preface the part that I'm frustrated about. Let me preface that with saying, I think anybody who really cares about this team understands the challenges of this small market, right? And, and no, one's saying, no one's saying that we should ignore those. No one's saying that those don't exist in some capacity. All that people like myself are saying, and they, I guess the folks that, that I'm speaking for uh, more publicly lately, what we're saying is there's another element to that, right? And, and that element is the product that has been put out there on the field, right? We're talking about it's a business, it's a business, it's a business. Well, I don't know many businesses that could fail as much as they are on the field, right, with their ultimate product that are a sustainable business. And that part of it has very little to do with the fans. And and now, don't get me wrong, I don't expect Shaq Khan to come out and say, hey, we've been terrible, and that's part of the problem with uh, the viability. But he's 36 and 85. 
that's his record, less than 300% winning percentage since he took over as owner. And, and there, you know, we had years before he, he took over that were just as bad. So that should all enter into the conversation ultimately. And the Jaguars, they, they, they tend to, to gloss over that a little bit, in my opinion, right? I'm just speaking for myself here. And, and, and they want to come out and they want to say, hey, look, we understand. Mark Lamping has said it. Shot Khan has said it. We understand that we have to put a better product out there. Well, why don't we wait to have the viability conversation and, until they do their part, right? I mean, that's, that, that's my question is why do we have to keep having this viability conversation and you haven't even done your part yet? And I get the, 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 the ultimate answer to that is it's his team, quote, unquote, and, you know, and he's the owner. But I, I just feel like it's, it's an incomplete conversation, and it's a bit disingenuous for him to even get so frustrated as, as he seemed to be a little bit this week um, it, it, when we're even more frustrated as fans and the people here who were here long before him as well. So that, that's, that's kind of where we're coming from. And, Cap, I thought that you brought up some great points, man. This is Austin Lane, by the way. Good to hear from you, dude. And um, when, when, when Shad Khan said his comments, and listen, um, if, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a casual Jaguars fan. I didn't grow up here my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily a hardcore Jaguars fan. I want to see him do well. But I can see where Shad Khan talking about another game in London, I mean, that's basically a direct jab at you guys for not showing up for the attendance. And I think if you're Shad Khan, you win two ways as the owner. Any owner in the NFL wins two ways. Number one, he wins by making money. He, he wins by the profit margins. And number two, he wins by, obviously, on the field. He wins by going to the playoffs, going to AFC Championship games, going to the Super Bowl. So when we're attacking that standpoint of winning games, you're absolutely right. They've had one great season as far as I can remember. Even when I played, like, the attendance wasn't good. And you know what? I, I don't blame the Jaguars fans because we weren't fun to watch. I mean, I, was, I, I know firsthand how bad we were, right? And that's carried right. on. And it's all about consistency because, yes, you, you can say that the AFC Championship year, uh, it was exciting. You know, when, when, when Jacksonville hosted the Buffalo Bills, I mean, the, the crowd was electric. You know, you had the Buffalo fans there, the Jaguars fans there. It was a great time to be a Jaguars fan. But it wasn't consistent. And then people want to say, well, let's go to the, 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 the Jets game a couple weeks ago. You know, this was, quote-unquote, Minshew's maybe last start in a long time. You know, and the whole Minshew mania thing. But even at that time, it wasn't necessarily like, well, you know, the Jaguars are being consistent. Yes, they, they beat the Jets, and they should have beat the Jets. The Jets are a horrible team. But in my eyes, it was the fact that there's still not a lot of hype around this city. There's still not a lot of optimism just because I think fans think it's going to be another, you know, five and whatever year. So on the field, yes, Shad Khan is losing right now. And the last thing an owner of an NFL team is going to do, because let's be honest, in, in the hierarchy of needs, it starts with the owner. The owner hires the front office, the front office brings in the players, and the players play on the field. Shad Khan's not going to come out and say, you know what, maybe I hired the wrong guys to steer the helm, because he's not going to admit that he was wrong. That's not what a smart businessman does. You're never going to stand up in front of a crowd that you run, basically, and say, I was wrong. So on the field, he's losing. Now, it comes to the part of making money, right? And, and that's where the issue is. Shad Khan didn't grow up in Jacksonville. You know, Shad Khan 
I think he has the Jaguars' best interest in mind, obviously. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the almighty dollar. And as a fan, you may say, well, he's making millions and millions of dollars. But from his standpoint, it's not enough. Because at the end of the day, all that matters to him as a businessman, as an owner, is the margins. And if he sees margins are better you know, in London than they are in Jacksonville, that's his prerogative. And while the fans may hate on it, and listen, I'm, and I'm one of you, like, I don't want to see the Jaguars play two games in London. I think that would be horrible. But I can see where Shad Khan's coming from, from straight being a businessman. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there, there's a, you, you make a lot of great points. Uh, I think that I agree with most of them. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily convinced that a guy who has tons of bis- business interests all around the world got into the NFL to, to make money, um, number one. Number two, uh, but I also realize that he's not in the NFL to lose money. So when you really look at it in that prism, the conversation sort of revolves around one thing, okay? The Jaguars right now are valued as the 23rd most value, valuable franchise in the NFL, right? Uh, so there's nine other franchises that are considered less valuable than the Jaguars. And that's ultimately what these – these guys aren't they, they want to sit there and spit at the state of the franchise so this is operating revenue this is where we rank this is where we rank and all of those things are important what's really important is how how valuable is the franchise right i mean that's why they talk a lot about that stuff and the the franchise has become more and more valuable with a lot of the moves that he's made now london is a part of that let's not ignore that right i mean the, the revenue they're generating over there is important but there are 12 other teams, according to Forbes, in, in 2018, there were 12 other teams that generated less rav- revenue than the Jaguars. So 23rd most valuable, 12 other teams, so they're 20th in revenue that they're generating, operating revenue. So when you look at it like that, the question really becomes is, is that good enough for Khan? It's not, is it viable? Because the team's making money. So it, the question really is, it has to be framed as, is that good enough for Shad Khan? Because it's good enough for Terry Pagula up in Buffalo, right? They're the 32nd-ranked franchise value-wise, according to Forbes. Not according to me, according to Forbes. That's good enough for him. He's made the commitment. He's not talking about wanting to move the team potentially or move multiple games. It's okay. He's okay with saying, I'm a multi-billionaire. Now, the question is, is Shad Khan okay with it? And none of us can answer that question. But let's at least frame it properly, right? It's not necessarily whether Jacksonville can support a team because the sample size we have is when the team has been pretty good and the product's been decent, this city more than supports the team. So it's, it's about the narrative and how it's framed, and, and that's the frustrating part. That's all. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and Kev, I completely agree with you, man. And at the end of the day, all that matters, in my opinion, is the product on the field. And if the product on the field is not worth watching, then people aren't going to come. Like, I think Shad Khan came into the situation, and granted, it was, it was, it was some of the dark times in Jacksonville history uh, in terms of record. I think Shad Khan came in as a visionary and said, you know what, we're going to have the world's largest scoreboard. We're, we're going to put the pools in the stadium. And, like, those kind of gimmicks will get people into the stadium regardless of what's going on right now on the field. And maybe for our, 
a couple games it did. But at the end of the day, whether you want to talk about the Green Bay Packers, who they don't have the gimmicks, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't have the gimmicks, but you know what? They have a history, they have a culture of winning football games. And that's all that matters to me. You know, you can go ahead and change the jerseys a million times. You can go ahead and bring in a new coach and all of a sudden say, you know what, let's get rid of the two-tone helmets because that, that was a dark history in Jacksonville. Let's get a new jersey combination, a new helmet, and let's promote, you know, a new growth in Jacksonville. Well, what happened? You're still losing football games. So at the end of the day, I feel like the gimmicks are just that. They're gimmicks, and they're great, and they add to the stadium, and it maybe helps downtown. But if you're not winning football games, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, what are we even doing here, really? That's that's the question. And ultimately, uh, the message that I've just kind of been putting out into the universe this week is, is essentially this. If we want to have the viability conversation, let's you know do your part, Jaguars and producing some consistently competitive teams for a little while. And if this market doesn't support it, both from a sponsorship and a business standpoint and from a ticket buying, you know, your average ticket buyer, then we have our answer. We haven't really ever been able to kind of have a litmus test for that. It's been almost 20 years since we've had back-to-back playoff appearances. You know, I mean, so when you look at it like that, it's not quite as simple as, well, I just don't think the appetite is there. Well, we brought in the bri- yeah, yeah. We're bringing in the brigade for this conversation. Uh, viability, the hot word uh, amongst the fans this week, Jaguars fans, uh, Bold City Brigade, Bold City Cap. John joined us uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane. Hey, listen, it, it's, it's interesting to hear you guys go back and forth and talk. I want to – I got so many questions, really. I want to ask you real quick, were you surprised because I am going to be honest and admit that I was – that there weren't more people there against the Jets. Jags are three and four. Minshew mania might be the final time to see him given the full circumstance. And, and again, this is an isolated thing. I'm just being honest and saying I was a little for the first and I don't hammer the fans. I've got season tickets, all that stuff. But I was like, man, I thought there would be more people here today. And there really aren't. Do you think they yeah, see a, that as something? Do you think his comments might have had something to do with that because it's a week later? Maybe there was a little frustration over that. I'm sure. I, I, you know, first of all, to answer your question directly, uh, yes, I, was, I guess I was a little surprised by it. But, you know, when you spend as much time in my seats in that stadium as I have over the years, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. what we can really do is – Go back to 2017, and when it looked like the team was kind of for real towards that later half of the season, the place was rocking. I, I recall the 4 o'clock game against the, the Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. And Seahawks are not a team that really, you know, they don't have a bunch of fans over here in the Jacksonville area, so there's not a lot of Seattle transplants. So it, that stadium was packed, and it yep. was rocking, and it was 99.9% Jaguar fans. So you want to talk about, like, what goes on when there's a decent product. We saw it. Like, that's the most recent example of it and the city kind of coming out and believing. Now, it takes a little while because we've been burned so long. I don't blame people. And I think the Jets game specifically, it was looking like rain all day. And, you know, why do you want to go out there and watch a team that barely beat the Bengals? And, you know, I, I understand people's uh, feelings like that. And, and I don't necessarily blame the fan base anymore. I think the onus has got to be on the, the, the club, the organization, to put a decent product together that is competitive 
for a few years at a time, and and yeah. then we'll really see what the viability. Yeah, and I and I think that's and I'm not blaming the fans either. I will just be I just want to readily admit that I was a little surprised. I thought the place would yeah. be a little bit more jumping because of Mitchu more so than anything. We haven't felt like that, and you can feel that in the city. You can feel it across the country. I was a little bit surprised. Uh, I, 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 you brought up Seattle, and it's I want to ask you this question, Cap. And I've thought about this a little bit, and I don't know if I know the full answer, but I believe. Well, you know me. I'm Sunshine and Rainbows guy. So I, I believe I know the answer. 2017 was awesome. 2007 was off the charts. You know, Cap, your kids go to school or, or anybody's kids in town go to school. My kids go. Everybody's wearing Jag shirts for the sure. first time since I moved here. Mm-hmm. In 2017, that would have been almost a decade. People are wearing Jag shirts everywhere, grocery store, to school. Everybody's talking about it. I'd be like, hi, people talk about it at school. Yeah, every time at lunch, you know, yeah. all those kind of conversations. That's what winning does. So my question is, if the Jags won like Seattle, say for three, four, five years. Because remember now, Seattle was a dumpster fire mm-hmm. for a long time. Seattle was nothing. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they win for a few years, and then look at that place, right? It's renowned. It's like, holy cow, look at that place. It's like that's been like that for two decades. Well, it hasn't been. That's relatively new. So my question, Cap, is if they win for three or four years, do you think it might not have to be Seattle, but is the bank rocking? every Sunday, wins and losses, or even four or five years down the road, you might go through an eight-and-eight eight year. Do you think that place is packed, more than the forty to 50,000 that, that are hardcore right now? You know, the most honest answer I can give you is we don't know, Brent, <laughs> because it's been so long. You know what I mean? Like, we really don't know. And, and that's part of the issue with this narrative that emerges. We don't know. Now, what do I believe personally? I believe it will be because you just hit the nail on the head. There's 45,000 to 50,000 somewhere in that neighborhood of diehard people who have been there, you know, game in and game out for the past 25 years, no matter what. Uh, And, you know, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, Todd Bauman, whoever's been taking the helm, those people have been there. Now, we got to add another 15,000 to that. Would a few years of sustained winning add that many people? I, I like to think so. I really do. And, and if the answer is no, then, then again, we have our answer, right? I mean, then take three games to London. Take them all. Like, it's at least justified at that point from the fan support angle. I got you. Uh, let me ask you this part. And um, as we continue this conversation uh, with John and, and Bold City Cap on Twitter, at Bold City Cap, uh, part of the Bold City Brigade, and trying to get the fan voice on this whole topic, it, it's a fascinating topic. There are a lot of branches to it. And, and I love this topic. I, I enjoy this. This is. I come from New England, and I try to tell this story all the time. The Patriots were blacked out when I was a kid. I grew up a Dolphins fan because the Patriots were blacked out. You have to remember that Patriots stunk mm-hmm. until – Parcells and then Bledsoe and then they build the new stadium and Kraft and Brady and Belichick and bam, look what happens, you know. The other part of the, the Jags is they're 25 years young. That is not old in terms of the stuff you were talking about, well, Austin, in terms of trying to win for a long time, the traditions of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know, Cap's age group and, and the people that are in the Bold City Brigade are that young group that came up loving the Jags, liking the Jags. My kids are a part of that, but they need to feel the fever with W, so I get it. Well, exactly. If you want to compare 25 years, then compare it to the Carolina Panthers, where I think the Carolina Panthers right now, their fan base, and, the, and I'm not sure their ticket sales, I don't know all their now numbers. Now listen, I was in Carolina, and a Cap, I think you guys were too. That place, they yep. had Steve Smith being honored. Nobody was there in that game in Charlotte for Carolina, and they might have the league MVP in Christian McCaffrey. Interesting. 
Yeah. They, their difference is they have PSLs, Austin. You know what I mean? So the tickets uh, are technically sold, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, from a fan support perspective, uh, they're not any, any more rabid or, you know, educated. Or uh, I'd put our fan base overall up against a lot of them in the league. And, and, Brent, you hit the nail on the head when you just referenced the younger kids. Like my generation, people who are in their mid to late 30s, early 40s, we, we remember what it was like to be good. Uh, you know, and, and Wayne Weaver kind of coined the phrase way back when of generate, you know, generation Jaguar, the, the, the age group that grew up with the team. And we just had to make it to where they bought tickets. Well, now the problem is we've had 15 years over the last 15 years, as I've kind of grown into adulthood and started a family, there's a whole section of kids right now that are going into high school or going to college that don't remember this team ever being good, really. And so I call them the lost generation. Now, whose fault? Now, who is that on? That's not on the market. That's not on the fan base. The reality of that is it's a, it's a young franchise that's done a really, really, really poor job of putting a decent product, not even a winning product, just a decent, competitive, entertaining product on the field for the better part of 15 years. And, and, and so, again, if we're going to have the conversation, this is a part of that conversation. And, and there really is a lost generation. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I was doing a little work on this. And I know, Cap, you've done a good job with some of the research and some of the numbers. But I think there are eight organizations that haven't even been to an AFC or NFC championship game since 1996. Think about oh, that. Yeah. There are eight other ones. Yet it feels like the Jags. Now, we're living it. But it feels like the Jags are in these kind of conversations a lot. Like, what about – I mean, the Jets are in New York. I get it. But, I mean, the Bengals. I mean, we went to see Cincinnati. That place ain't buzzing at all about that football team. What have they Frankly done, so. you know? I mean, <laughs> Dolphins haven't done anything in decades, but they come with that tradition that you talked about, you sure. know? Some of the big players and Don Shula and a, and a fan base that was all Dolphins here in the state of Florida yeah. until the Bucks and, and the Jaguars came to life. Uh, I want to play devil's advocate with you, and then we're probably going to let you go. But it's been a fun conversation and, and good to talk about it. Uh, I think there's a difference. See, I think there's a difference between ownership or, or front office or however you want to label it that is just kind of hanging around, and then there's one that tries. Now, just because you don't, tr- just because you try doesn't mean you're going to have success. So, in my opinion, I feel like Shad Khan has done a lot to try to make this whole thing successful, from a business standpoint, from an on the field standpoint, to a growing the fan base standpoint. That's why the London thing, or partly why the London thing. And yes, economics do come into it. I'm not dumb. I get that. 15% of their local revenue is what they'll tell you. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction to that is always, been, why don't you do two there? That'd be 30%, yeah. you know, from a business side, not from a fan side or, or an in-town guy uh, side of things. But I feel like he has tried. Now, he hasn't always pushed the right buttons, but that he, they've spent money on free agents. They've spent money on the stadium. He obviously is behind a lot of this push with the city. And I know that doesn't directly impact fans, but I'm a huge believer on that correlates to the Jacksonville Jaguars and will help. Uh, What's your view on that? It may have not been successful to this point, although I don't think we can dismiss 2017 because that only happened two other times in franchise history, and that was an unbelievable year. But overall, you gave the record. It's not very good. From a try-hard standpoint, where do you think Shad fits as an owner, uh, Mark Lamping, the, the rest of the front office, in the eyes of the fan? Yeah, and first of all, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on and you know, kind of giving me a voice with this. Um, I want to be clear. I, 
I respect Shad Khan. I respect a lot of what he's done. I think he's a pretty incredible individual. I mean, I don't know him personally, but just his story and what he's done. I respect and I appreciate the, the efforts that he has gone and the lengths that he has gone to to continue to try and build something here. I, I really, really do. But I guess my question for you in return is, so, so to answer your question first, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done a lot of great things. And I, I, I walk into that stadium, and I'm so proud of how that stadium looks. It's, it's beautiful. Those video boards are incredible. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited by some of the things that, that he wants to do downtown. But when push comes to shove, you know, when, when rubber meets the road, what are we judged on, right? You know, the viability of this franchise is essentially judged on dollar figures that are, that are generated through corporate revenue and, you know, the attendance of the fans. So, so if – the ticket sales. So if we're going to be judged on whether or not this is a viable market based upon how many fans are showing up, right, the proof is in the pudding. You know, so I don't, I, I don't feel that bad for him when he's trying hard, but we're not getting any results. When plenty of other teams are able to put together and organizations are able to put together competitive seasons back to back to back. So I, I, I don't feel that badly to, to take the stance that I'm taking, despite the fact that he is turning around and, and trying hard. Like, that, that's fine, but, you know, I think Wayne Weaver tried hard for a while, too. And the reality is we're talking about 15 years of really subpar product being on that field. And there's not much you can change, you can do to change that, to Austin's point, other than winning. Yeah, and Kev, I thought you spoke very eloquently there, man. And when we're talking about Shad Khan, listen, I think he has tried to make steps to make the Jaguars great. You know, like you said, he's added additions to the stadium. And let's be honest, Shad Khan's not like a Jerry Jones where he wants to get his hands on everything. You know, he's, he's not making the roster moves. Um, he's, he's not trying to go after these guys in the draft. Like, he's hired people to do that for him. But the problem is that the people that he's hired, you, you could argue and say, you know what? They haven't done a great job. And, and, and that still falls on Shad Khan. Yeah, Shad Khan's not pushing the button of who they're going to get for a quarterback or, I mean, maybe he wants to keep Joe Ramsey or whatever the issue is. I mean, he was kind of adamant about that. But I'm saying at the end of the day, the roster and the performance on the field, while Shad Khan has to be responsible, he's hired people for that. And I guess if you want to make a change, if you're Shad Khan and you want to see a better product, you have to look at yourself and say, you know what? Maybe I haven't hired the best guys underneath me. Maybe there has to be a change, and then maybe the product on the field will change. Simple as that. Yeah, you got. there's a lot that goes into winning. We know that, yeah. and, and they do need to win more. Simple. There's a simplicity in this whole conversation, and, and I think you have hit that part on the, on the head, Cap, and, and uh, we can debate about a lot of other things and, and bring up a bunch of issues. There's so many different avenues to go down with this topic. Uh, and this has been fun to talk about it. But I do think at the end of the day, the simplicity is, and, and they know that, and we know that, and everybody knows that, it's winning football games. Yeah. And I said it earlier this week, they missed a huge opportunity in 2018 to go back-to-back good seasons and maybe another one into 2019. They missed a big-time opportunity where they could have rolled over and then got some of that sustainability. Instead, it was just a one-off. It was a fluky kind of year. It's what it looks like in the grand scheme, and now they have to try to do it again, and you got to win a few years uh, in a row. Hey, man, we can go a lot deeper on this, but I appreciate you taking the time on a Friday. I know you wanted to spend some time with the family. At Bold City Pod is the uh, podcast, right? That's it. Yeah, man, appreciate you shouting that out. No problem. Uh, we'll be listening to it, and uh, 
As always, Bold City Brigade invited here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. All right. Have a good weekend. Uh, that's John Cap at Bold City Cap. <laughs> I called him about Cap. 15 different yeah. things. I just called him uh, Cap. <laughs> uh, we thought about being formal for a moment and then decided not nah, to be. Me There's formal? That. Come on, bro. I'm casual. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.